Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you will always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Extremely excited to have you dialing back into the Legend of the 75th podcast. We have an amazing guest uh, on this episode. We have Brigadier General Retired Craig Nixon, who is a Ranger Hall of Famer, also was a regimental commander. He served in Panama, Somalia, Bosnia, OEF, and OIF. Some of his awards include the DSM, Silver Star, Three Bronze Stars, and also the Purple Heart. He was a 375 commander, like I stated before, the 75th commander, and then he went on to be the DCG of the 25th Infantry Division, serving in a a couple different roles after that to include the United States Central Command as a Deputy Director of Operations. And he joined the military in 1982. So, sir, absolute honor to have you on. I know we had to kind of reschedule this a couple different times, and I've already enjoyed some amazing phone calls with you, but uh, welcome to uh, Legend of the 75th. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. It's kind of humbling when you start with the legends of the 75th, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to participate. Well, I, you know, I do have a question for you, and I've asked some guests this based off of, you know, kind of their response when I do that intro. You know, was there any kind of emotions or feelings that came when I read that intro and I talk about the Ranger Creed? Well, I think I think the uh, Ranger Creed is one of the one of the most important parts of the regiment and and the, and the farther I've gotten away f- from the regiment, I think the more important this become to me. But if you think about it, I mean, we all started in the Rangers and we're just trying to memorize it. So you know, yeah. we go every day and we're just trying to memorize it. And then at some point uh, you start to internalize it and, and it goes from being just something that you remember to something that you're now internalizing. Uh, and then ultimately you kind of spend the rest of your life trying to live up to it, which is a tall task, particularly the older, older you get. So I'm not sure that I'm, I'm meeting some of those standards, but uh, as we talked about it, and I think uh, Stan McChrystal probably put it the best. I, I think it's a, it's a commitment to yourself, but more importantly, it's a commitment to everybody else uh, in the formation that you're going to uh, strive to live up to some some really high standards, and and it's not just words; it's things that have been demonstrated both in in peacetime and in combat. So it it, it means a lot to me. It meant a lot to me when I was in the Rangers. Uh, I, I think it means as much or more to me now as I kind of watch what they're continuing to do. 
Well, we'll we'll come back, um, you know, to why you wanted to be a Ranger. But before we do, just because we're talking about the Ranger Creed, you know, one thing that you said in another podcast that I listened to was reciting the Ranger Creed before you jumped into Panama and how the whole chalk stood up and he said the Ranger Creed. And this is one of your first experiences also in the Ranger Regiment, you know, and just, you know, that commitment to each other and that commitment to yourself. Like I... I don't have any combat jumps, so I can't, you know, speak on it, but I can imagine that just the dedication and determination, you know, hearing that on an aircraft, getting ready to jump into combat. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was surreal. I mean, it was my, my first time in combat. Uh, The majority of people in the aircraft, it was their first time in combat. I mean, you had done the, the training and all that before you go in, but, uh, you know, you go through the bustle of uh, getting all the all the rucks hung and all that kind of stuff, uh, and, and then and then to actually sit and or stand and do the Ranger Creed. I mean, it was an incredible experience, and and everyone that I've talked to that did it in that aircraft or other aircraft kind of had the same same view. I mean, it was it was almost like you know you see football teams kind of get together right before the right, game. yeah. Well, that was that was kind of kind of the experience there, but uh, but again, it was it it goes back to and it was a commitment. It was a commitment that we were going to try uh, individually and and organizationally to live up to that standard. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I wish I could I wish I could bottle that you know that kind of feeling because just the surge of you know emotion and commitment that would have been from every single individual. Um, on that aircraft is is unbelievable. Well, so now going backwards, you know, if we can in time, you know, why did you want to be a, a ranger, sir? Uh, well, I said, like a lot of things, it, it kind of I fell into it. Um, I was a platoon leader in Fourth ID uh, back in the early '80s, and was escorting uh, Dick Schultes, who was a at that time, he was commanding, I think, 1st Cat Division. But he had been the JSOC commander when they went into uh, Grenada. And at the end of escorting him, he basically pulled me aside and said, you should you should be in the Rangers. And honestly, at that time, I really didn't know that much about the Rangers. But, I mean, I, I immediately kind of dug into it and really wanted – to go do it. And like a lot of people ultimately didn't get to do it because I got ground off by, you know, the leadership at the time thought it was more important that I did my fourth rotation at NTC than instead of going to uh, the Ranger Regiment. So because of that, I went to Korea as a captain specifically so I could get back to the Rangers. Um, I, I think, look, I, I, I think, uh, Nobody goes to the regiment thinking they're a dud. So every, I mean, everybody that I know that went to the regiment and succeeded had a pretty high opinion of themselves uh, to go to the regiment. And frankly, most of them, and at least for me, it was true, went there to see how they stacked up against the rest of the people. You know, it was the, the place that the Army was sending the very best they had, given the very best resources to show what, what the best people and the best resources could do. And, uh, and, it, and, and for me, it was, you know, put up or shut up. You know, if you think you're good, um, go see how you stack up. And like a lot of things, once you get there, you realize, well, I got to really work hard just yeah. to keep with these guys. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think it's kind of where that line between arrogance and confidence kind of meets. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, you have to have a little bit of arrogance to come in um, and maybe even a little bit of arrogance to kind of succeed at first. But then over time, it builds into confidence because of the individuals that are constantly making you raise your game within the 75th. No, that's exactly right. Um, and and then I think you, you know, quickly realize that there are a lot of really talented talented people and you've got to work hard uh, to, to not let them down. As you yeah. Know. So it suddenly becomes less about you and more about the organization. I think everybody I know that, that went to the regiment that I served with, it made them a better version of themselves. Absolutely, sir. You surround them with talent. You surround them with the resources. You surround them with the desire and the culture. I mean, you're the best you're ever going to be while you're serving on the regiment. I agree. Absolutely. I can't think of a better way to say it, sir. Do you think that that was a little bit by design? You know, now, you know, surfing is, you know, the – you know, the regimental commander and everything that you've done and observing it from the outside. But do you think that that was kind of what would be, you know, do you think that that was predicted or do you just think that that that's just a a byproduct that no one kind of expected to happen when they stood up this modern day Rangers? Well, I think, I mean, it was purposely built for that. I mean, Abrams charter was clearly designed to, you know, the army was in decline at the time, post Vietnam, uh, there weren't a lot of resources and and it was designed as a place to show that if you gave, got the right people and gave them the right resources, what right looks like, how good they could become mm-hmm. with the intent all along of then taking that leadership and then expanding them about to, uh, back out to the army, both on the officer and to a lesser degree on the non-commissioned officer side. But, but as, as you, as a former regiment, regimental member now in the SFAB, I mean, you're part of the Abrams chart. Absolutely, sir. And I think if you look across the success, you know, in our era, in the GWAT, I I think the regiment probably doesn't get as much credit as it deserves uh, from that standpoint. Uh, If you look across the formation, you see a lot of people that spent time in the Ranger Regiment out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's a direct result to Abrams Charter. So I don't know that I don't know if they thought it would work out as well as it did. But there clearly was a a purpose purposefulness of establishing the charter and starting down that path. Yeah. To agree that you know history doesn't repeat itself in detail, but it repeats itself, and and we may be kind of headed back into the the same piece, which is always the tension in the regiment. Are you the bridge between special operations and conventional forces? Or, or are you, you know, how far into the soft world do you go? This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. 
your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.